Jura, welcome to the Invisible Sensei podcast. Hope you're well. Why do you do karate? Why do you do jiu-jitsu? Why do you do judo? Or your chosen art? What was the moment that put you through the door? Or what was the experience that put you there? I've been thinking on that a lot lately. And I've recently met, I guess in the last couple of months, I met a whole new circle of friends. Uh, work-wise, personally, and in a whole lot of different environments. And for some reason, the why of what we do has been sitting in my mind. So I'm going to call this podcast... The why of karate. Which is interesting because in my language in Māori, why also means water. And like water, our martial arts should flow. Mm, see what I did there? I married those two languages together. I'm pretty proud of myself about that. Why did you start? I started because I wanted to an end to the violence that was part of my upbringing. Um, I was without getting into too many boring sort of details, grew up in a family unit and in a community where drugs, alcohol and violence were a large part. You can fill in the in the blanks. And I think that I had people in my life that I wanted to protect. And it's funny when I think about it, what karate and my study of martial arts has become has become very much an ongoing process of evolution. At times it's been devolution, change, dead-end streets, um, mountaintops, cliffs, muddy bogs, quicksand at times, high seas, calm waters. It's been a whole bunch of different things at different periods of time. I think also at a certain period of time, I then went into this thing of I enjoyed what it allowed me to do. I grew up watching a lot of kung fu movies, as a lot of people in martial arts did. And so I emulated the things I saw in those kung fu movies, which led me to be doing a lot of very gymnastical kind of moves, very flashy techniques. And with that with that flashiness came a certain sense of notoriety, I suppose, and a certain sense of validation. And I felt good about that, probably for the wrong reasons. But as a kid, looking cool was very, very important. And I liked what I did. I liked feeling good at something. And I think I became addicted to feeling good at it, which fueled my training. Then I went for a period of, I think, disliking myself intensely, having low self-esteem, <clears throat> which is something which I think I struggle with on the daily. And then my training became kind of the self-flagellation thing where I would train until I pissed blood, um, cracked ribs, bloody knuckles, black eyes, all that sort of stuff. 
doing all this really crazy kind of training, very, very 80s Rocky montage sort of training, running up hills and doing these really, at some, at some points, really dangerous things to emulate the values that I saw in all these movies that I was so influenced by. Then came, I guess, the period of combat. And the, my period of combat was that it was all about beating other people, uh, being dominant, being an alpha male, I guess. For want of a better term, I think that I went through the stage of wanting to be the best I possibly could be, but the way in which I felt that I was the best was by beating other people, um, by having my hand raised, um, trophies and medals and all those sort of, sorts of things. <clears throat> And I have to say that that was kind of a bottle that I used to drink from that would just leave me feeling empty. And that is not to say that tournaments don't have their place. I guess I'm just talking about myself. I found that I got to this point where I was trying to emulate so many people that I was forgetting who I was and where I was from and what I was about and why I was doing the thing that I was doing. And I forgot to enjoy the thing that I was doing because I was so busy trying to be all these people. Then there came, I guess on reflection, the period of where I was traveling a lot, living in lots of different countries for the work that I was doing. And I guess it was my walk into the desert in that I had to create ways to train. I had to create ways to keep myself motivated. And I was really lucky in that I was able to find ways to do that. That wasn't a 24-7 thing though. There were plenty of days and times when I was going, I'm not doing it today. Um, And what my travels started to do was, for some people would say that it broadened my knowledge because I started training with lots of different people and being influenced by lots of different things. And while it was really interesting and I really enjoyed it, what it started to do in my mind at least, was formalised what I really wanted to do. Now, people call it the traditional karate do, and I'm not sure what traditional is. I'm not sure what the bar is in terms of how old something has to be for it to be traditional. But I felt that there was something about karate and kata and training and Okinawan martial arts that really called to me. There was something about Nihon Jiu-Jitsu that really called to me, something about Yaido and and martial, those sort of martial arts that kind of suited, I guess, my outlook. And I started to formalise my study. And there's been plenty of other periods, and there's been plenty of periods where I've, I remember probably of late... In the last, I don't know, 10 years, I've gone through this combat karate period, which I've spoken about in other podcasts. The combat karate period was, it had to be effective. It had to rip people's eyes out and take their throats away and sweep them. And as, as Master Ken always says, we stomp the groin. Um, but what it became also to, it became this thing about, again, another focus on dominance of other people rather than doing the karate that I wanted to do as a form of expression. Uh, There's a martial artist who was very prolific, um, very um, well-trained karate practitioner, Sensei Scott Langley um, from the HDKI in Dublin. 
And he describes the martial arts as being likened to, don't forget the artist part of that statement, the creativity part of that statement. And that's what I think I really enjoy. For me, I love the friendships that I've made and I love how martial arts makes me feel about myself. It makes me feel like I'm part of a community, although at times I'm sure you can understand the politics has made me feel at times like I'm standing on the moon amongst a bunch of aliens that I don't fit with. But on the whole... I am heartened and inspired by the people I've been able to meet. I'm more addicted, I think, to that than some illusion of being super the super effective functional martial artist. I guess this may be a bit of a controversial thing to say. I really don't give that much of a shit about whether I'm the strongest fighter in the street or whether I'm going to handle 20 ninjas or that combat trained... Navy SEAL who's going to come at me with his K-bar. I mean, to be honest, those are not things that I tend to focus on anymore. I'm not looking for effectiveness in my technique. I, although, you know, I'm not not looking for it either. But my focus these days, the stage I'm going through, is that I'm focusing on enjoying my training, enjoying the functionality that martial arts, my training for martial arts gives me. I enjoy the fact that it puts me in a good place. It's part of my daily ritual. It helps me when I go to work. It helps me in my relationship. It helps me as a father. Most importantly, it's about balance. And finding balance in this martial arts world is extremely hard. So when you think about your karate and the why of what you do, sit back, have a coffee, or a hot beverage of your choice, and see how far you've come. Remember the why of what you do. And sometimes it's alright to let go of the what of what we do.